this song right here. I'm going to mention mention it here in the podcast. You recognize the voice? We'll see. Three, two. Hey there, folks. Little Johnny here, as my friends used to call me. Speedy Little Johnny. Yeah, that's Robert Plant. But more on that in a second. Stop it. Good afternoon, my friends, my fellow travelers. Today's a good day, even with all its stuff. All right. I love saying that word. Today, the title that I've given it, given the experience, it kind of lasts a lifetime, is called The Storm. And I would be very specific with, with uh, some expanded, maybe, uh, applications. So, with that in mind, what do you remember about the Trojan War? You know, Troy is in Turkey on the western coast. I've been there... Uh, several times, like this many. And uh, so it's a real city. Of course, the Trojan War, okay, the Iliad, Homer's Iliad is, uh, uh, is what it is. But we're not going to talk about the Trojan War. We're going to talk for just a second about the aftermath from the Trojan War, okay? And the very one who whose idea it was to, to create the Trojan horse was none other than Odysseus, that sly rascal of a man. So the, the war is over, 10 years fighting, everybody goes home that's left alive, including Odysseus, and he, he takes off in his uh, ship with his band of, of brothers, his band of uh, sailors, his... Uh, fellow soldiers that want to go back uh, to Ithaca with him. So he leaves, and then we have this second epic poem by Blind Homer, and it's called The Odyssey, and that's the story of Odysseus trying to make it back home. And is that the story, to make it back home? Well, that's the goal back home to his lovely wife, Penelope. Um, so, who's waiting patiently for her husband to return <laughs> with a room full of suitors. Um, so, here's the point I want to make with that, okay? The plans of Odysseus were to make it back home. It took him 10 years. Ten years for the Trojan War to take place. Ten years for him to make it back home. Twenty years on the road. So the, the Odyssey is his uh, journeys through a lot of the Greek islands, mostly all the Greek islands, a bunch of them, and in epic fashion, not historical literature, but in epic poetry fashion, 
Homer tells the marvelous story of sly Odysseus. Why did it take him 10 years? I'd like to talk about that. No, we don't have time. But what I, what I want you to get out of that is Odysseus was a sly guy, a cunning man, had some problems with pride, but he lacked in some ways self-discipline. And because he lacked self-discipline, he made some choices and uh, got into some bad situations for 10 years. A lot of it we could attribute to, and this is the analogy that sometime I'd love to visit with you about some analogies from the Odyssey about real life. So I could just say that if we were to talk about Odysseus today and what his problems were, it would be like, well, on the island of Circe, on the island where Circe was, and uh, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Remember the island of the Lotus Eaters? One of the specific islands that he did go to was the island of the Sirens. And uh, you know the story. I'm not going to tell the story, but you know the Sirens sing beautifully. And because of their power, sailors would jump in the ocean or their ships would dash themselves on the, on, on the rocks of the island and everybody would die. So these Sirens were, were deadly uh, sea nymph uh, killers. Hitters of men. Ha! Times haven't changed that much. Anyway, there is uh, that going on. I'll recommend a song, then we'll get to the story. The song is by an artist by the name of Jeff Buckley. He's the one that sang beautifully uh, Leonard Cohen's song, Hallelujah. If you've never heard Jeff Buckley, Google it, YouTube it, Jeff Buckley, he's gone on now. His version of Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen, that's the, I, I think it's the best ever version. Best ever. Okay, see what you think. Well, he wrote a song, Jeff Buckley did, called A Song to the Sirens. And I was playing that a second ago, and the singer was Robert Plant singing his song. And it's a ballad. And I loved it because the ballad's about... Da -da -da, look, siren, girlfriend, maybe he's singing to when Jeff wrote it. Look, I'm not going to swim to you again. Last time I swam to you, it was I was good as dead. This time, if you want to wink at me, if you want to... Uh, be with me, you swim out to me. So Siren, swim out to me. And that's kind of the song, I think. So I hope you enjoy it. Okay. Strange introduction, I know. But I want to talk, I want to leave that thought with you because of the real story coming up now. That's epic, now real history. In my younger days, everything I do would be in my younger days, so why do I even say it that way? Strange. 
in my younger days, I took a trip with some, uh, a couple, three friends, and we traveled along Turkey's coast, the Turkish coast, and went down into Syria before the current troubles. And we went to a northern port in Syria called Latakia, 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 northernmost point, uh, port in Syria. Spent a couple, three days there, I think, or a couple of days. While there, we went down to the port, when you could still do these kinds of things, in Syria at Latakia. They had a big port there. And we went along the dock and talked to the ship captains to see if we could talk, and the cargo ships, and see if we could catch a ride in one of the cargo ships from Syria over in the Mediterranean, over good little ways to the island of Cyprus in order to spend Christmas with some very good friends there in Nicosia. So we made arrangements with the captain and one of a big cargo ship. It was a cement cargo ship. Made arrangements with him and uh, it was, I believe if I remember correctly, it was $40 American per person to ride on his ship a couple of days to two or three days, maybe three days, to the island of Cyprus, to the southern port at, I believe, Limassol. So, we arranged it. All well and good. Got on the ship, we sailed out. This was a big, pretty big cargo ship, by the way. Got out into the Mediterranean high seas, out there, and if you look on your map, straight out, straight out from Syria. So we're going along. The crew was uh, from all over the place. They were some Libyan crewmen, I think some Moroccan crewmen, maybe a Saudi Arabian. Um, I don't know what else, you know, merchant marine type guys. Friendly, friendly bunch. Captain was, you know, one of those grizzled guys. He didn't have a have any, you know, a bird on his shoulder or anything like that, or a peg leg. But he was he was maybe fifty, kind of beard, and didn't speak much English, and of course speaking Arabic. And so, um, great first day. At the end of the first day, he said to us, "There's a storm coming." Be prepared. Had no idea. <laughs> so, around 9, 10, getting in towards that area, it started, the ship started to, rain was coming. Of course, we were below decks. And then that storm really hit. And that ship was, whew. Ooh. And boy, howdy, let me tell you about seasickness. Let me, let me tell you. Um, that nausea, that, oh, that absolute feeling that you want to die. Just that, it, there's really not a lot like it. Uh, been that sick before, maybe once or twice in my travels, because I do strange things. Seasickness is just wild. So, anyway, we're all just mm, holding on, trying to lie down. It's like, no, stand up and hold on to something. No, and just try to curl up in a ball. Oh. So, this happened for hours. Just ship, sick. 
wore me out. It started to calm down, started to calm down, started to calm down. Pretty soon, I, I, I fell asleep somewhere in one of the rooms, I think on a small bunk, wasn't on the floor, and woke up. It was still dark, looking out the little window, but this, it was near dawn, and the seas were calm. Now, it was warm out. It wasn't like cold in, in, in this time of the year, and uh, out in the middle of the med. So I just said, ah, oh, and I felt like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of this room. You know, I just got to get out. Everybody else was passed out. I guess, like I was for, for a while, and I grabbed my little sleeping bag, um, that was it, and a shirt, and I took off, went up, saw the deck, nobody's on deck, uh, the sky was, was not, it was clear, it was, you could see some stars, so the storm had passed on through, and I was just worn, so I walked to the very front of the ship, threw the sleeping bag down, and I got down, I lied down, went like this, and fell asleep, sound asleep. The sun had apparently come up, and I was still just out of it, when suddenly I was awakened by gunfire, the sound of Bam, 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 And I was, I just went, mm, yeah. And I remember sitting up, like, looking, looking down to where the tower was, the captain's quarters up there, the captain, where, where, the, where, the, where the viewing room is, and the instruments, and where the captain has his lookout, and the pilot, and all that. So I was just like that. And I looked up there, and I was just looking up there, going, gunfire, oh no, what's going on? What's happening out here in the middle of the Mediterranean? Oh, Lord, what's going to happen? And around the side, up, way up there, two floors up in front of me, the captain walks out, puts his hand on the rail. He looks down at me. He points at me, and he goes, turns around, and there's a pistol in the back of his Bridges. I went, huh. And he walks back up. And I sat there for a second. And I went, he's the captain of the ship. Maritime protocol. And I was like, okay. So I stood up and I went, okay. I've been beckoned by the captain. So I walked across the deck, the front part of the ship, flat part. Climbed the first flight of stairs, swallowed hard. Climbed the second stairs, got up, walked up there. The doorway that goes into the little to the cabin there. So I, went, I stepped through, and there's the captain. And he says, he's looking at me, and he goes, Salam alaikum. Of course I say, alaikum salam, which is the, the greeting. And he smiled, got some tea, handed me a cup of tea, put some tea in front of me, 
sat down there, I noticed the gun sitting on the table. So, I'll speed this along a little bit. It really was high drama for me again. And I, I said, so, I'm drinking tea, he's drinking tea, and we're smiling at each other, and maybe communicate I, just little stuff about the weather, or this, or, you know, I'm okay, you're okay, big storm, ooh, you know, did the whole thing maybe for a couple of minutes. And then it was quiet again, and I'm like, still kind of thinking about what's the deal with the gunshots. So he looks at me, and he stares at me, and he looks at the gun, he looks at me and he goes. So he walks over, picks up the gun. He said, come on. We step out on the, in the, side, of the side of the deck, the side of the railing right there, right by the door, from two floors up. And we're just looking at the beautiful ocean, the beautiful Mediterranean Sea, out in the middle of nowhere. And we're just going along. Pretty, pretty good little clip. He's holding the gun. And he's smiling at me. And I'm like, so we're waiting there. So he stands back for a minute. He's standing there. We wait a minute, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes. Suddenly, he's just looking out, and I'm just kind of standing there going, what in the heck is going on? And suddenly he goes, bam, 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 bam. And he starts shooting. So I look out, and what do I see? Off the side of the ship, about... 15, 20 yards maybe, close up, but maybe 20 yards, flying fish, yes, flying fish, they're, and there's like eight or ten flying fish, uh, six or seven flying fish, one of them, they're about like this to like this, they're kind of like, and they're going up out of the water, and they go, like this, up, a few seconds, down. And he's shooting at flying fish. I'm like, oh, oh. So that's what they do to relax around here. Oh, wow, okay, cool. I probably didn't think like that, but I could imagine I did. I'm like, okay, a little bit of relief. Like, okay, I've got a context for the gun now. So he smiles. And he goes, he walks back in. He reloads the gun. He walks back out, and he kind of bows to me. When I say kind of, he just kind of, he goes, and he hands me the gun. He goes, and I'm like, Captain is showing ultimate trust in John, but I won't do him in, <laughs> take over the ship. You know, Captain Bly, good move. Or maybe I should say Mr. Christian. And uh, that would be me, wouldn't it? So. He stands there, I go, okay, so I take the gun, I stand there, and he points out, and he just kind of stands at the rail, he's looking at me, and we're standing there at the rail, I'm standing with the gun. So I'm standing there with the gun, thinking, I know what he wants me to do. It wasn't, but just a short time, like two minutes probably, I'm standing there, I'm kind of, I'm looking out, okay. Suddenly he goes, kind of, he kind of goes, kind of taps me on the arm. And sure enough, three come up. Three flying fish go out of the water. And they're down, but then they come up again. So I went, what do you do, aim? You're on a ship. And I just went, okay, for the captain. Bam, 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 bam. Took seven shots off.
I was like, okay, smoking gun. <laughs> like, okay. And he's like smiling at me like, like, yeah. I didn't kill any flying fish, for those of you that are worried about that. And so, I don't think I did. I had the gun. I handed him the gun back. He took it back. We said, ah, come back in. We sat there and drank tea. Stood there around a little table and drank tea. Finished my tea, and I was like, okay, all right. Of course, my adrenaline's really kind of going after that display of marksmanship. And, uh, <laughs> and so he dismisses me. He just goes, tea's done. He goes, you know, I said, bye-bye. So I leave and I walk back down the stairs, walk back to where my sleeping bag is at the front, sit back down. No crew has been out. This is real early in the morning. Just the captain's up there. That I, I didn't see any crew out. So I'm like, what the heck was that? So what I'm thinking about is that, excuse me for a second. So what I'm thinking about is that, what am I, what, what was that all about? What, wow. Totally a friendly act, gunplay. His relaxation, after the storm, he saw me, he goes, oh, come on up, come on up. So I'm like, oh, how wonderful is that? How wonderful is that? I thought, what an unusual experience. What a beautiful, unique experience with the Syrian captain, captain of a cargo ship out in the Mediterranean after a horrible storm and sickness and wanting to die. And I'm treated to comradeship with the captain. Come on up here. We'll have some fun together. Okay. What would you have done? Would you have been on that ship in the first place? Well, maybe, maybe not. We finally made it, New Year's Eve, to Limassol, to Cyprus the next day, next evening, which was, I think, New Year's Eve, and they kept us on for 24 hours. They wouldn't let us off even on Christmas Day. We had to stay on the ship. They closed down the port. They wouldn't let us off. Be that as it may, we visited with the crew and hung out there. Finally made it to our good friends in Nicosia. I think the day after Christmas. Now, true story happened just as I said it. Just like it happened. I really don't know what, what it is that... that all these phone calls right now. I should have turned off my phone, but I didn't. So how, how spontaneous is that? Okay. Here's what I'd like to say about that. What, I, what is it about strange experiences that can teach us things about real life? First thing. The storm itself, for, for me, is like an analogy 
of my life, not that my whole life's been a storm, that's not what I'm saying, but it seems that my, the connectors of life for me, of my brief experiences uh, upon, upon this world, upon earth, upon my so far 66 years here, are connectors that, that are very uniform in that there are just wonderful times. I have wonderful memories, more wonderful memories in that sense than negative memories or storms that appear. Yet, the storms that have appeared have been major storms that have, I've had to wish I were dead. I'm, over, I'm overstating it. Just like on the ship where you just go, oh, I don't know if I can make it through the night. Oh, I just wish I didn't feel this way. Oh, I want to die. Oh, you know, all that stuff. There have been events in my life, I think same as you, if you've lived long enough. I think most of the people that would listen to this have probably lived a while. The events of my life have been big events. Uh, storms, deaths, divorce, loss, um, heart-rending things, that uh, choices that I've made with consequences. And I, I for many years, um, never made it through one particular storm. It took me a decade, if not longer, to work through that particular storm. And I noticed that that uh, by the grace of, of, of God, of, of the Maker, of, of the one and only, that I've been able to put that behind me in that the storms can capture us. I lived in tremendous pain inside for many, many years. And I let that pain guide me in a lot of my decisions. I permitted it to. The thing about storms is that they will pass. In your life, I would imagine that that's true. My mistake, that I would still, I'm, 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 there's no judgment upon myself on this. I'm not, uh, that's not what I, my purpose is. And I hope that you feel the same about storms in your life and mistakes that you've made. There's not any kind of self-judgment that lingers there. Certainly, if God himself forgives, then go ahead and permit yourself to be on the calm seas on the other side of that storm. So I've, I've permitted that to happen. I've asked for that to happen, and it's actually occurred in real time, in real life. It's just a wonderful gift to me. And I'm, you know, <laughs> certainly, yeah. Sometimes words escape me when things go deeper. And uh, so, I would encourage myself to encourage you 
that if you're living in the storm of, of a past divorce or the past loss of, of a loved one, of um, sickness, of loss, of a little bit of despair, maybe some depression, face it and uh, the calm will come. I have no doubt of that. I think I wrote it like this. So many of us, unfortunately, live life in our heads and our hearts as if the storm hasn't passed. And we live one storm to the next. So I've tried to stop that and I've been able to. I don't live storm to storm anymore. And I would encourage you, please, to consider that. If that's the case. Regret, put it away. Look forward. Question, as we close this down. Did Odysseus make it back to Penelope, to his home? Well, if you know the Odyssey, yes, he did. After all the stuff, after all the crap, after all the loss of his crew more times than not, after his bad decisions, he finally made it home. He reached his goal. Yeah. Did my friends and I, did we make it to our Christmas in Cyprus after the storm? Yes, we did. Wonderful Christmas with the Galati family. Wonderful Christmas. First time I ever had snails. It's wonderful. Last thought, after a storm, in the most unexpected circumstances, wait for the captain to beckon you. Literally, like me, or I speak with an analogy or figuratively. Wait for the captain, oh captain, my captain, to beckon you. That takes maturity. Ah! You don't have to be like really mature. I think you have to be open, maybe like a child. Be like a child. You know who said that. So being open to the beckoning call of the captain of the ship, your life, your ship, your life. And when he beckons you, that's pretty scary when you get beckoned by the captain himself. Remember, maritime protocol, 
remember spiritual protocol. When you're beckoned, do it. Even if you're afraid. Because the shots may not be what you think it is. So, go to the captain. Have some tea. Fellowship. Break bread together. Have some fellowship. Break bread together. And if he says, let's go shoot some flying fish, you know what you do? You go, I'm cocked and loaded, sir. And shoot some flying fish. Maybe have fish dinner. Because it's okay when the captain hands off a chore to do. And smiles and winks at you while you do it. The strangest things can happen on your journey. Even here or there. Keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open for the captain. Be ready to respond. And remember that the storm always passes. And calm will come. Peace will come. And ultimately, the ultimate um, dissatisfactions will be all put away. Forever and ever truth. I don't speak with religion in mind. Religion is out the door in my life. But relationship is the heart and soul of being human. So with that in mind, I bid you adieu. Love you. God bless you. Adios.